Hey there, my name is Jonathan Lincoln. I write the new series Tracker for Top Cow, and you are listening to Funny Books with Aaron and Polly. project uh tracker which came out the first issue came out uh, last wednesday at the time of this recording so you know for our listeners do you mind giving us uh, a little information on what tracker is all about yeah so uh tracker is you know at at, at at the risk of uh saying saying too much or being too grand it, it's sort of a new take on the werewolf genre um it's a uh story about an fbi tracker uh, named Alex O'Rourke, and he has his life kind of ripped to shreds when he's a serial killer case he's following, uh, leads him straight into the gaping maw of a werewolf. And uh, Alex wakes from an attack and uh, wakes from a coma and discovers basically that he has contracted the werewolf or the lycanthropy virus. And so now our main guy has to hunt down the werewolf that infected him in the first place before the disease basically kills him. Hmm. And Tracker is a miniseries, right? Uh, four issues? Uh, we've got a five-issue five arc plotted out right now. It's kind of dealing with the, you know, the, this entire story basically uh, uh, starts with Alex waking from uh, an attack that happens on a city bus. Um, and he's, he's in a coma, and, you know, he, he comes out of that, and this is, then that's where he was, you know, attacked by another werewolf. And the first five-issue arc is really following, uh, A, the discovery um, of, of what's going on with him and how he's starting to demonstrate basically the, the, the traits of a carrier of the, of the, of the lycanthropy virus. Um, and it's following, it's kind of beating out the case that he was following. And uh, so it's a, it's a complete arc, the five issues, um, but there's so much going on in the world and so much going on with, with these characters and sort of the, the background with, you know, with the world that it's also pretty open-ended in terms of, you know, where it could go. So I think the idea is that, you know, we're floating these first five issues and we want to see if people respond to them. Um, and if that's the case, then Top Cow will let me write more. Great. So, you know, there is a, a there is a good point to our listeners. Go out and buy Tracker number one. I have read it and uh, I loved it. So I, I really think everyone listening will probably love it too. And if you like it, you know, keep buying it so that we can see some more of it. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, and what I liked about it is, like you said, it's kind of a new take on the werewolf mythos. Um, you know, we haven't gotten in, in issue one, and uh, for those who are listening, there are going to be some mild spoilers here. Um, not too much past solicitations, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, um, you know, but it, I, what I like about it, you know, we haven't gotten too much into the werewolf mythos, but there's a heavy emphasis on the police procedural aspect. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, of the title, and you know what? What made you? You know, where did that inspiration come from? You know that that you wanted to do so, a little bit more of a, I wouldn't say a law and order, but you know, almost to that extent. You know, like this. You know, there, there's a heavy emphasis on the police procedural before we get into the supernatural aspect. Well, that that element. Oh, that's, I mean, that's a cool. I'm excited to talk about that because um, that's something that really 
kind of uh, woke me up to the story in the first place is that element comes out of just a general uh, attempt to make, to take werewolves. And, and, you know, everyone I feel like is constantly, that's why I kind of cringe when I'm like, it's a new take on werewolves because everyone's constantly doing new takes on everything. And, you know, that's um, sometimes with success, sometimes not. But the thing that I wanted to do with, with Tracker and with the werewolves in Tracker was specifically ground them in reality. Um, werewolves to me, on an emotional and psychological level, and maybe we can talk more about that later, but to me, they're incredibly realistic. I think the, the, the pain that someone who becomes a werewolf experiences is something that I think really does, uh, in, a, in a significant way, uh, reflect kind of uh, tragedy and, and, and trauma that people can go through in, in everyday life. Um, but the werewolves themselves are always a little bit preposterous. And that's cool. And there's something really, I mean, I, you know, I, I grew up loving werewolves and, and I loved some of that, some of that stuff that was a little more over the top. Um, but, uh, but with Tracker, what I wanted to do was much more grounded in the world of reality. And so when I decided like to go down the road of, okay, what would a werewolf story today? And, and one that's a little more realistic, what would that look like? My very first question was, how can I, uh, what, how would people respond to the phenomenon? Um, especially if it's not some, you know, known thing. This isn't, you know, in a world where there's secret societies of werewolves. This is our world, and there happen to be werewolves, and they're walking among us. And if a werewolf attacked people, what would that look like? Um, so that was kind of a fundamental question that, that kicked off not just the first issue, but the whole series and the whole, and the whole concept. And, uh, and my, my response is, if, if a werewolf was killing people, uh, the person that would be hired to stop that killer would be... Uh, you know, especially if it's cross state lines, they would be someone in the FBI, mm-hmm. and it and it would be someone who looks at these crime scenes and can't exactly figure out what they're looking at, but they certainly wouldn't assume, oh, we're looking at a monster here. They would assume we're looking at a, a serial killer, and we don't know everything about them, and we don't know exactly how they're you know inflicting the damage that they're inflicting. But uh, I just, I mean, and and basically that idea of you know how would the the phenomenon of a werewolf. Um, how would we react to them? And, and, and that, to me, drove me straight to, yeah, the, the FBI. And from there, kind of a, a sort of procedural structure uh, grew out of that because it, that's, and that's who you'd call. <laughs> there are, no, you know, there are no, uh, no, no ghost killers or anything, anything exciting like that. There's, these are everyday people that now have to deal with this incredibly extraordinary thing. And I think what attracted me to, to Tracker as a series is the fact that you went with werewolves. Because, you know, like you said, you're a big fan of werewolves. I, I love werewolves as a concept, but it's really hard to be a fan of werewolves because there hasn't been a ton of great fiction, um, comic books, and movies about werewolves. I mean, you know, what what inspired you to, to, to do a werewolf series versus something like a, you know, like a, like a I guess, like a vampire series, you know, because vampires are so hot right now. First of all, I mean, I, yeah, I gravitated to them, toward them at, at a very young age. Uh, when I was a kid, my favorite movie that I would make my family watch almost every day in the month of October to prepare for Halloween uh, was Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason that movie is so great is because not only does it have Frankenstein, but it also has Dracula, and it also has the Wolfman, and there's even a cameo for the Invisible Man. And I found that movie a great place. Every time I would watch it, and, you know, I'm, I'm like six years old at this time, but I remember watching, and I was having the, the, you know, the endless debate about which monster was coolest. And I had, of course, seen like the original Universal movies as well. But for me, there was no question, really, that, that Larry Talbot, the Wolfman, was the one I liked best. 
Um, and it had to do with that thing I mentioned earlier about the, the actual psychological reality of, you know, he's still a human being and he's still dealing with this. You know, Frankenstein is, is just a dumb monster, um, a goon, and, uh, and Dracula is, is a soulless killer who doesn't feel any remorse. Uh, but, you know, Lon Chaney Jr. <laughs> wakes up, has to look at what he's done, and that's, you know, that's, that's the torture, that's the drama. Um, werewolves, to me, to go back to something else you said about how there aren't that many werewolf stories, um, I think yes and no. I think you're totally right in the sense that even, you know, that, that movie, The Wolfman, that I mentioned, they manufactured a lot of what we consider, you know, the story of werewolf lore. Um, you know, the silver bullet stuff, the, you know whatever, you know, is doomed to kill your own true love, the, the pentagram on the palm. Uh, I think even the rules of the full moon were pretty much invented by that movie. Uh, while historically there had been stories of shapeshifters, certainly, um, uh, the, the, they weren't, the rules weren't set in stone the way they are for, say, Dracula. And, uh, and so for me, to find the good stories, because werewolves, just as the growling dogmen, are, are more young, and they don't have as much history and literature behind them. I think you have to kind of broaden your your scope at what you're looking at for a werewolf story. Um, so to me, things that speak to the werewolf story and that narrative are like, uh, you know, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, and even The Incredible Hulk. Um, all of these stories that deal with that kind of inner battle between, uh, you know, sort of an, an instinctive, dangerous monster and a civilized, uh, compassionate human being. I mean, even, even Freud is talking about that with, you know, the id versus the superego. And I think that stuff reflects itself again and again in stories, and, and even, you know, again in, in medicine or psychology, you have, you know, manic depression, um, all of that stuff. So definitely to draw, to find kind of inspiration and the history of the werewolf story, I had to go beyond just the pure wolfman stuff. And I think that's one thing that a lot of fiction falls short in, uh, you know, werewolf fiction is that, you know, it focuses either too much on one or the other. You know, there's, there's a lot of the werewolf action, but not necessarily the human aspect, or there's too much human aspect with not enough of the werewolf action. Um, but you know, in the first issue, we've already gotten some werewolf action, uh, of Tracker. Now, is, you know, obviously, you know, we haven't seen, at least, you know, not going into too much spoiler territory, we haven't necessarily seen the killer that's being searched out. Uh, mm. You know, I mean, we have, but not not that much. You know, um, is the werewolf in Tracker, um, you know, what we see on the cover, you know, of Alex's transformation, is that, you know, the is that what we're looking at, or is that an early stage of his transformation? Um, that's pretty much uh, what 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 the werewolves are going to look like. Um, and, you know, it changes slightly with each person, um, but that was a very, you know, there was a lot of discussion uh, with Top Cow, myself, and then also especially with Francis Sai, who I think just brilliantly uh, really nailed this world and the look of this comic. Um, and, and the big thing that I felt was that I, I didn't want every single issue to involve a bunch of bystanders to be, you know, like reporting to cops, I swear, it was some kind of animal. And, like, mm-hmm. you know, I just, I didn't want this to be the shaggy DA and, uh, and, I felt like um, in order to do that, I had to basically tone back uh, the werewolf transformation. And that was fine with me, because if we're talking about hokey things, when I was a kid, all through, anytime I am watching a werewolf movie, I could never quite buy, for example, that a werewolf's bone structure changes. I can imagine them getting stronger and them getting, you know, faster and a little hairier, 
But like when they go through these radical transformations, it, it felt silly to me, and it was too, too big of a, a jump. And moreover, uh, you know, with Tracker, we're trying to set up a, a story about a guy who's dealing with this. You know, if, if they truly become these kind of giant hunched over, you know, <laughs> dog creatures, uh, it really limits what our main character, Alex O'Rourke, um, what he can do. Because anytime he is reduced to a, a werewolf, he's now going to be chased by, you know, dog catchers. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, and that, that gets boring. I mean, it's cool in a movie maybe because a movie only has to go for two hours. But if this is an endless comic series, and it will be endless if everyone buys it. Exactly. Fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> but we refer to those, the werewolves are referred, referred to as lupines. And, uh, and when they're transformed, uh, they're called feral, understandably. And, uh, and so when Alex is feral, he can still kind of maneuver through the city. And, and, and in that first comic, we do sort of unveil the basic design of what, you know, what the, all the werewolves look like. Um, and, uh, and again, that's, it, it's much more human. I mean, it's still pretty kind of freaky looking. And if, if you saw, you know, if you saw one coming at you, you'd run. It wouldn't do you much good. But, um, but it is definitely uh, scaled back from the giant creature effects sort of stuff. And, you know, you were talking about Francis Sai, Francis Tai. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, yeah. Sorry. You know, his art is really, you know, it's he does a great job on the book. Um, you know, because the, you know, like there's that big there's big action, but there's also you know, there's like we said there's a lot of that police procedural. Mm-hmm. You know, where did you find this guy? You know, did you know him before the series? Is it kind of a, a love connection made by heroes and villains <laughs> or, you know? Well, you know, the love connection was absolutely made. I think I think Francis is absolutely fantastic. Um, basically, when uh, when when we started, you know, working on on this, uh, myself and Top Cow and this and you know the co-publishers, Heroes and Villains, uh, you know, we went through a list of artists and uh, and everyone sort of had their own opinions, which I think is great. Um, and one of the things that I felt strongly was uh, I wanted someone who, again, because I'm trying to ground this still, you know, <laughs> slightly absurd premise in in reality and make it more realistic. I wanted someone who who could really uh, bring that quality out, and uh, and someone who, you know, for lack of a less a better word, was not very comic booky. Um, so Francis's art, for the, just kind of the general realism of it, really leapt out at me. Um, but beyond that, uh, you know, one of the other things that I think we all really resonated with is Francis comes, uh, uh, you know, comes at comic books from a unique angle. I, his background is in is in video game design. Um, and then also he does, uh, I know some like set design for things like movies when he, you know, when they're figuring out what the set pieces are going to be and stuff like that. And, uh, like conceptual art. And because of that, he has an amazing ability to create a sense of place. Um, and so on some of those panels, especially, you know, when we're opening a scene and we're getting to a place, I feel like you can see and you can smell and you can hear the location in a way that, uh, as you know, I, I mean, I'm a, grew up being a frustrated comic artist myself. And one of the things that I always bumped up against was, was creating that sense of world and space and environment. And Francis uh, makes it look so effortless. And I think it, it, again, just grounds the comics so much. Yeah, I love it. I, I think his work is just great. Tell us a little bit about how this concept came into play. You know, did you bring it to Top Cow first? Did you bring it to Heroes and Villains? This is the first... Uh, joint production or publication, excuse me, between Top Cow and Heroes and Villains. So, you know, tell us a little bit about how that works. Sure. Well, it started definitely with uh, myself and, and Heroes and Villains. 
Um, I had a relationship with them. We really connected and, and had similar sensibilities and were looking to do similar things. Um, I came to them with, you know, a, a, a general idea for a werewolf thing, and they got really excited because they were like, you know, well, we've been wanting to do a werewolf thing. And, and, uh, and I think um, both Heroes and Villains and myself, uh, you know, Heroes and Villains, those guys have a lot of background. Um, they've done a number of things, but, but they have a lot of background in the film industry. And uh, film and television, for lack of uh, a better word, is a, is a totally uh, chicken industry right now. They're scared out of their minds. I've found, and, uh, and it's very fear-based, and people are afraid to commit to something, even if they like it, um, and it couldn't part be because the stakes are so ridiculously high. You know, a movie doesn't fail, a movie fails and loses $50 million, um, and, uh, and so people are very, very uh, timid in terms of going forth, especially with new ideas and new properties, um, and for that reason, kind of all of us had talked a great deal about how much we loved comic books, where we felt like uh, there was still a lot of innovation going on, and they weren't afraid to take risks on new series um, and, and new ideas and new characters and new worlds. Um, and moreover, uh, one of the other things that's great about comics is how huge they are. Uh, Tracker is about kind of creating a new werewolf mythology. And even when I had in the back of my mind gone, well, okay, I want to do a werewolf thing, maybe I could do a movie, uh, once I started, once Tracker, the characters in the world, and, and, and all of the stories kind of started really uh, coming to the surface, I realized I couldn't cram that into a single movie. Um, and, uh, and, you know, if you think a, <laughs> a single movie is a hard sell, try selling someone, a, you know, a trilogy or something yeah. like that. Um, and, uh, and basically, Tracker, in, in, my, in my mind, and, and like I said, with these, these characters, had become so big that uh, we needed something bigger than a movie anyway. And so kind of, it, it was sort of the perfect storm. Um, you know, Heroes and Villains had a relationship with Top Cow and, uh, and had been, you know, uh, setting themselves up to do some co-publication stuff. And, uh, we brought it. So we decided to try, you know, fitting this into the comic, uh, medium. And it, uh, became, it basically took on a whole new life in a way that I basically lit me up inside. And I got so excited. Um, especially frankly, because it, 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 with a comic book, it's not. It forces uh, me to stay pretty far astray of the of the really repetitive parts of police procedural, because um, comics are, are a different medium and, and and you have to tell a story differently. Uh, but it basically was just a, a perfect match when we you know when we got to Top Cow, they all threw their hands up in the air. We're like, we were trying to do a werewolf thing. This is great. Um, so everyone wanted to do werewolves, and, and and it was sort of the right right place at the right time. And uh, so yeah, that, that's where we are now. Great. So, you know, Top Cow Properties, kind of hot right now in Hollywood. You know, you've got the Magdalena, um, Witchblade movies kind of in pre-production-ish. Um, you know, is there hope that Tracker – I mean, like you said, too much to fit into one movie. But is there hope for some type of expansion into other media for Tracker? Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, right now my priority is Tracker, the comic book. Um, we're, I mean, especially, you know, this is, that's kind of heroes and villains thing. So they're taking a the ball and running with it. And we're, and we're, I don't know how much I'm allowed to say, but we're definitely, uh, you know, developing this right now with, with some producers and we're, we're fantastic. And, and, and I love what they're, they're doing with this. Um, you know, my priority right now is basically making the comic book, uh, everything it can be as a comic book. I'm a strong believer in mediums, um, and that each story really should exist fully within its medium. 
you know, especially comic book movies. You know, I think a perfect example is uh, I haven't met anyone who didn't love Iron Man, and I really love how uh, how no one, even even comic book people, even Iron Man fans, no one's even paused to point out the fact that Iron Man's origin story in the, in the movie is completely different. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no one, it, it, but it captured it. It captured it so wonderfully, and it was so fully a movie. Um, that it wasn't a threat to the comics and it wasn't a letdown in the ways that it didn't perfectly resemble the comic. And so, you know, to me, Tracker the comic book is one thing that I'm, you know, doing 100% of the comic. And then if in the future we were developing this as a movie and, you know, I would love it, you know, even, even if doing that, it would probably be two or three movies. Because again, I, you know, I, I can only get the story started in, 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 in that time. And, uh, but, but that's going to be kind of its own separate thing. But right now I'm just kind of enjoying the fact that the comic is out and, you know, wrapping up the next couple scripts and working with Francis. So that's been, that's been the main thing right now. So were you a, a comic fan before going into tracker, uh, before starting writing on tracker? Um, yeah, I was, well, um, I was, and I was also a bit of a neophyte. Um, <laughs> Basically, I, I grew up in comics, um, and I grew up in comics past the age when, you know, kids start thinking about girls and, and forget comics. Um, I kept collecting well beyond that and you know, was, was, <laughs> was a solid presence at, at a number of comic cons in, my, in the region I grew up in. And, uh, that really came from uh, my dad collected comics, and he specifically loved tracking down old Silver Age comics that he had grown up with. Uh, so that was our version, you know, going to the comic shop was our version of playing catch in the yard. Um, and, uh, and I would say, you know, when I was probably, I don't know, like getting out of high school and getting into college, which was, uh, you know, <laughs> I didn't have much time for anything, let alone disposable income, uh, comics sort of fell away. And it was only after that, you know, maybe a year or two, I guess two or three years ago, really, that I, that I kind of came back to comic books. Um, and it was something, you know, that, that I, I, I basically, uh, you know, it was, it was this great thing where I felt like comic books had evolved and changed in tremendous ways. And simultaneously, they were the exact thing that I grew up with and loved and had, you know, seven long boxes in my attic of. Um, and that's, uh, and so it's been really fun. It's been a real looking glass experience because I pretty much, on that side, I went cold from, uh, you know, someone who loved comics, and the next time I picked up a comic, it was because I had to figure out how on earth to write one. Um, <laughs> so it's been, <laughs> it's been, it's been a, 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 you know, a pretty exciting journey to, you know, to kind of uh, unravel all of that and, and really, you know, see how the sausage is made. There's a lot of new properties being tried out in comic books right now. And basically, what, I, what I'm hoping you can tell our readers, and I know what the difference is, but why don't you give our readers, you know, there's a lot of new stuff on the racks. There's a lot to buy on the racks right now. And, you know, Trekker's two ninety nine, cheaper than most comic books out there. What what would you tell someone, you know, on the you know, going to the comic shop, why would they be interested in the, a comic like Tracker? Tracker is a comic writ- written out of a frustration about what sometimes comic books can be. Uh, I remember, you know, several years ago kind of having this this moment where I was fed up. I, I was reading some comic and uh, Jean Grey had just called Scott Summers Cyclops, um, and they're married, and that that's wrong because <laughs> if you're married to someone, you call them by their first name. I, in in my experience, um, and uh, and there was it was just this weird moment where I'm like, you know what, this as wonderful and exciting as fun as this is, I'm 
I'm growing up to the point that that's too, I can believe flying people. I can believe superpowers. I can believe supervillains, but I can't believe that. Um, and, and the, and the people felt disconnected from the, the kind of psychological and emotional reality of my life. Um, and, uh, and tracker is basically written for anyone who has ever felt that, uh, this is a comic where every single panel, every single line, um, is, is basically, uh, I'm, I'm trying to hold it up to the test of, is this what a real person would say in this situation? Um, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I mean, frankly, and this is why actually Top Cow is great because they keep me honest and they really push me and make sure there is a lot of action in every issue. Um, but kind of part of the heart and part of the thesis of Tracker is how real can I make this? Can I make this something that, that, that actually speaks to, you know, a, a normal human being's life and, and, and doesn't get stuck in kind of the world of, of fantasy and imagination and play to the point that it's, it's nothing but escape. Uh, so I, I don't know if that's a selling point for some, I'm sure they wouldn't like that. Uh, but I feel like there are people out there who want that and want, uh, and want their, their, their stories of the fantastic to feel grounded. Tracker is that tracker takes werewolves. If you like them, if you don't like them, um, this comic has something for you in both directions. If you don't like <laughs> werewolves, this is new. If you like werewolves, uh, this is a werewolf story. So, Great. yeah, you should check it out. <laughs> so, you know, you, you, you have a, you said you have plans past the five issue series. Mm-hmm. Do you, I mean, how far out do you have plans? Do you have an ending in mind? Or, you know, do you have like, this beginning and, you know, the, the, the continuation of what comes after. Well, it sounds like what you're asking is, I mean, do I know, you know, if, if, if you know, we were watching The Sopranos and, and as people were getting really convinced, you know, this is all about, you know, Tony Soprano is going to die at the end. It'll be this perfect bookend. Um, I don't have that, that kind of concrete reality of like a single scene or moment that I know the entire thing is building up to. Um, so this isn't, this isn't Sandman um, or something <laughs> like that, that, you know, which you know blew my mind if for no other reason than I than I honestly felt like I had been taken on a on a journey that the author knew about you know when on the, on the first page of the first issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I would say is um, I know very specifically kind of what the next couple small arcs are going to be. Uh, you know I I mean this this issue is about Alex discovering that you know he is a werewolf and and because he was an FBI tracker. Um, that, you know, he now has to kind of uh, make his new disease fit with his career. And in some ways it helps. You know, being a werewolf gives him, uh, you know, heightened senses and, and better instincts and he's stronger and faster and all of that stuff. But it also makes him sort of a ticking time bomb. And, uh, and uh, he's usually a guy who kind of plays by the rules and is a real Boy Scout. And now all of a sudden he's someone who's breaking the rules because he can't get exposed. The second and... and the thing that he's doing, his big case is basically following this one serial killer. Uh, he's a man who, who in this comic is referred to by the name Herod. And Herod is this werewolf who's, uh, you know, we've talked about him uh, amongst ourselves at, at, at Top Cow as basically Hannibal Lecter with fangs. Um, mm. Herod is the worst case scenario for a werewolf. Uh, I swear I'm answering your question about future issues. Um, <laughs> no, but, no, it's great. <laughs> Um, Herod is, is the worst case scenario for werewolves, because um, that's something else I wanted to do. These aren't all growling monsters. Uh, just because you become infected with uh, the lycanthropy virus does not make you uh, this evil creature. You're going to become, when you transform and become feral, you're going to basically become a more animalistic version of who you were already. So if you are a timid, 
shy person and you become a werewolf, you're going to be a timid, shy werewolf that's only dangerous if you're scared. Um, but the flip side of the coin is if you are uh, an evil sociopath uh, with no conscience and you become a werewolf, uh, basically you become a true monster. And this is who Herod is. Herod is someone who was basically brilliant and dangerous and evil to start with as a human, and that got combined with the, you know, the, the, the power and ability and capability of uh, a werewolf, and it's, and it's led to him being you know, a, a ridiculously dangerous figure who you know, uh, not only can kill, but he can kill and make sure he doesn't get caught. Um, so he's incredibly successful at his job. Uh, the next arc I know for sure is really dealing with Herod's backstory. Um, a lot of this comic uh, was about figuring out who Herod is. Um, he's sort of unique among werewolves in ways that I, I don't want to describe because I don't want to spoil future issues, but uh, he has a unique history, and, and so I know the next arc is basically figuring out who he is, where he came from, and why he's doing what he's doing, and is he really this you know horrible, awful monster, or does he think he's doing something else? Um, that is, that is in fact good. And so, yeah, the next arc deals with that. And then the next the arc after that deals with, uh, basically, uh, uh, the only group of people alive that know about werewolves. Um, most, most werewolves are, are, you know, just kind of, they're on the fringes and, and it's not like there's big conspiracies and government cover ups, but there's one group of people. There's an organization that does know about them, and uh, and so the next arc is dealing with them. And you know, all these things are intermingled, but I, I definitely have kind of the big major beats plotted out as Alex is figuring out his story. Great. Well, you know, absolutely. Congratulations on the first issue of Tracker coming out uh, and on stands now. And you know, best of luck. You know, it's a it's a great story. It's something original, and and I, I hope I hope it's really successful. Well, thank you. I'm, I hope it's successful, too. But it's, either way, it's been super fun to write. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited to tell more of the story. Thank you very much, Jonathan. Um, you know, working around complicated schedules for us. Because- oh, don't worry. That's totally fine. And I absolutely would be game. I would love to, to, to do this again, maybe even with uh, both you and Aaron. Uh, you know, yeah, with later in the arc or whatever, but this is super cool. So, and, and you probably, over this experience, made a fan out of me for your fun. <laughs> <laughs> Again, you know, thank you so much. I, you know, I, I... All right, thanks, man. Hey, have a nice one. All right, cheers, take Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast.